Welcome to the podcast. How was your week? Back to work. I started a couple, maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed. I I need structure. I don't do well. So I kind of put it out there that I was ready to go back to work. And I went back to work for Eric part time. But I was so surprised how much pushback I got from my family. Mm. They wanted to know why, first of all. I thought you were okay financially. So people work for a lot of reasons. Right. I realized that I give so much to my family that they thought I was being selfish, being selfish. (laughs) 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 They thought that I didn't have the right to not be available to to them to the level that I have been. But Mm. the pandemic has taught me something really because I'm a high S and a pretty high I, but I realize I'm also this quiet person that needs her space too, mm-hmm. but I don't typically get it until they burn me out. And now I'm asserting myself ahead of the storms that are coming and they don't like it. It's funny I how was, that, yeah. it's funny how that works out sometimes where it's like, they're like, who's this? What, what are you doing? Yes. It's like, I don't, I don't like this new version. Right. I mean, I think if they thought I was having a financial crisis, they could have dealt with it. But the fact that I'm not, then why would you deliberately right. have a life for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've done too much. I, that was telling to me. Mm-hmm. I have enabled so many people. And I'm just trying to explain to them. It's okay. I did it, but I don't, I'm not doing it no more. And you don't like it. You're going to have to come to grips with it because I'm not going back. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess. So can you, can you kind of explain what, what's like something that you get as a benefit to, to working, being able to, to, be doing something with your hands or interacting with, with people? One of the best things about it is it allows me to use my brain and it gives me a sense of purpose. Hmm. And it could, and I wonder, is it because I've worked all my life, but that there is a a sense of reciprocity when working Hmm. that I realized with this family of mine that I give, but I get something. Mm-hmm. I and, I and I don't want anything from them like money or financial gain, but it's the entitlement that they have that they don't even have enough sense to be grateful for what I do. Mm-hmm. And work gives me that. I right. get something for something. And I that sounds terrible. But... No, I mean, I, I guess it... It's funny. I, I was talking with my coach yesterday and, and we were either yesterday or the day before, and we were talking about like self-esteem and kind of 
how that's shaped by the people outside of us and kind of how we're taught like your self-esteem is based on others or how people view you and in a sense it's like at least with work you see that it's a fair exchange people notice when you're not there Mm -hmm. as to where if you are there it's like okay hey here these are the expectations of us but then with family sometimes it can be like people just expect you to do so much that you've already been doing and the moment that you're like no i'm not able to do that it's like how dare you like it's like okay it's It's like if if i wasn't here would you not pay for it or would there not be other resources like for babysitting or if i got to give you a ride over here it's like what were you going to do if i wasn't there like how do you really see me well you know and it's funny you said that the being away part Mm -hmm. i went away finally the first part of may and we went to louisiana And then we came home for just 24 hours and we went to California for about Mm. seven weeks. Mm. And I felt like I was having to atone. Honestly, I think that's what put me in the what do I do, Mm -hmm. you know, with myself, because these people are crazy. How do I why am I atoning to my family for being able to go away and enjoy myself? in a warm climate with my husband. But to come back, nobody died. Nobody even got grievously sick or anything. But it's like you left us and you're back now. And it was ridiculous, the demands that I was getting. And I'm like, okay, something has to give. Right. I started the gym first, but then I still felt an, a different need. And I I realized I wanted to go back to work just to interact on a professional level and to talk with people who have some of the same aspirations that I have. Mm. I wasn't having any meaningful dialogue with my family. It was more, I need something from you. Help me with this. Can you take me there? But we weren't engaging except on that surface need level. Mm. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back to work. And one of my relatives said, uh, well, what are we supposed to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know. And you'll be okay because I'm thinking you were okay for all this time that mm-hmm. I was gone. You'll be okay. And I told my sister, I don't have to be the first responder. It's something I've learned. The belief system and the upbringing in my family, because it was 14 kids, we were so, what do you call it? Uh, we were taught, indoctrinated, and in taking care of people. Mm. It was, And you got your self-esteem because I was one of the ones that did it without a whole lot of grief. I didn't have any resentment. And so that was a sense of pride for me. But it cost so much. That I just, at this age, I don't have it to give energy-wise mm-hmm. or the desire to do that anymore because that's not representative of my whole self. I'm a lot of things other than just being a doormat to my family. Yeah. It, how, how did you come about 
accepting that for yourself, even with the pushback that you, you, you were getting or continue to get? Well, one, my mom, she wanted me to, to come over and I'm like, I got the grandkids and it was just almost like, well, what about them? I'm more important kind of thing. And I'm like, whoa, you have been doing way too much. And I said, you know, I have a husband with chronic conditions. I have a life. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I was putting in time where I could get it from me. And I said, that's crazy. Why don't you do something for you and you fit them in? Because that's what normal people do, except when it's an emergency or serious. Right. But they were almost angry that I would say, well, I was going to go to the gym today or I was going to go somewhere with Jesse. Oh, well, I needed you to do this. It's like, no, can't do it. And finally doing it without guilt saying no, which is huge mm. for me. Because even when I said no, it was some angst. Mm. Yeah. Now it's like, they're not there yet, but they will be. Right. It's like that. Um, being able to say no as a complete sentence without feeling the need to over explain. It's like, well, uh, yep. if I don't tell them this, it's like, they're, they're it's like, <laughs> like you're trying to distance yourself, but at the same time, you're scripting out like all the reasons that they've either had in the past or like, okay, if I answer it in this way, like this will work out, that will work out that. And it's like, you're, <laughs> you're constantly trying to think for two people. And, and just they're be constantly like, grabbing it and saying, well, okay, you got that, but what about, can you do it here? Or can you do this piece of it? And you're right. Now I say, I'm not available. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I I think I I did something similar like that recently where I just made up my mind that um, I'm not going to be available for last minute appointments or last minute things. If somebody knows well in advance a month, weeks, the uh, whole time and then I, at the last minute they always come to you and they're just like oh hey can you do this or oh mm-hmm. i was thinking i was like really you you just had me in mind that i'm you're not going to do this thing you're not going to plan for it but at the last minute you're going to just drop it in my lap yeah and then when it comes to telling me something face to face or just um Give, at least giving you kind of common courtesy it's weird like you especially with family like it's easier to do things for people outside or to be um to cater to other people but like for family i think sometimes it kind of gets taken for granted where it's like oh yeah this person they'll, they'll just they'll just get up whenever i i wave my hand or they'll just yeah. run when i say run and yeah. it's like do the bail thing and right it's like i think that's I don't know where that comes from, but it's like it some things just just feels twisted or just a little bit off about that that type of thinking. Yeah, you have it, it's like you don't I don't judge my family for being who they are because I tell them I'm not that person anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like you always this one or that one's always saying they're old. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm old too. So what's your 18 months or 26 months older than me? At some point in life, we're all old when we get past, let's say, 65. So you can't use that. 
but that you won't do this, 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 and the other. But you are expecting me to do it. And you'll tell my sister says, I don't drive in the mountains. Well, quit making vacations to go in the mountains because right. I won't drive anymore. Now, you're not going to tell me that you can't find something to do in the flat states where we don't have to go through all of this because I've done it and it's it's teeth grinding, mm -hmm. but I will do it. But then I ask myself, why would you do something? And it ain't even your idea. So if we're not taking the bus or the train, then we're not going. At least I'm not going because I will not drive through the mountains anymore. And well, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like that? Because I'm old too, family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, what what's funny even about that statement, it's like um, Anytime that I, I would hear love and even um, j just thinking about it, it's like love isn't always like what's the, the verse that's easily quoted. I think it's from like Corinthians where it's like love is patient, love is kind. Right. And it's like it it is those things, but also at the same time, it it's good to like you would let a child be able to walk on their own you let people kind of figure things out like you got to be able to love yourself or be loving to yourself if you're ever going to be able to give that away to anybody and i think too many times it's like coming from a christian background or wanting to do right wanting to be good like you, you try to do right by people and do well and usually it's like okay well, people appreciate you according to what you can do for them. Or like the more you do, it's like, okay, this, this validates my position or this validates that. But it's like, sometimes if you take a little bit of that away, you start to kind of identify and see how people see you. It's like, do they, do they like me for me being myself or do they like me for just what I can provide, what I can offer to them? Well, yeah, we have to ask that. And then the other thing about women, we have been given this task, if you will. We've always got to be understanding, available, forgiving, supportive. And typically it comes at our own expense. But I truly believe this pandemic has shown me a lot of things about like, what if this was the end for me? Uh, what? What would you say to yourself if you had time to think about it? Wasn't a sudden death. It's like, I do too much, but I don't do enough for me because I allow people to determine, no matter what I've done, unless it's a doctor's appointment, to make me shame that I don't support them. Hmm. And so I put off so much of my own life. And I'm like, no, now at this age, I'm not doing that anymore. And I've even spent money to have a nurse go draw blood for my mom because she's got some health issues. She's 89. She walks uh, with a walker. She, uh, she has an oxygen tank. And some days the idea of going through all of that is three or four hours for a blood draw. Oh, wow. Yeah, because then she wants to stop and eat lunch or something that she shouldn't be doing. 
but I can spend $75 and send a nurse over there from her doctor's clinic and they do the drug, the blood draw. And I come over after work and bring her a meal mm. and whatever she needs from the store. Now, some people would say, well, that's a lot of money. It's not if it's going to cost me four times in my four hours of my day. And it's not urgent. Mm-hmm. Just need a blood draw. I'm 25 minutes out. She's 25 minutes out from her doctor. She doesn't drive. She never drove. How can I not be the first responder, but still get something done for my family? Boom. This is how you do it. You get the nurse or you could get a cleaning lady or you can get some, a companion. There are yeah. things that I told her, hey, if you don't like being alone every day. We got things we can do. But if you choose to think only your kids can do it, you're going to be alone a lot because we all have families. My siblings are much younger, so they got kids still mm-hmm. and mates and jobs. We can't be over here like we didn't have a life. Right. So I don't feel guilty because I've laid it out there. I do come twice a week and bring food and I stay for several hours and spend time. But I said, I have a job. And she said, well, I wish you didn't. Well, I'd be at the gym more mm-hmm. unbeknownst to her. I'm not going <laughs> to give up. I'm just not. I'm not right. going to give up everything I want for nobody anymore. Right. And it's not selfish. Is really empowering and it teaches people that you have a right to change and they have to be willing to accept that truth or they're going to be the ones that suffer because I have no shame. What's funny is, is, um, the, like you were saying earlier, the more and more you, you applied, like putting up those boundaries and doing the little things for yourself and making that time to be like, okay, this this is the time for me. This is what I get to block off. And I recognize what I was doing too much of, and you're able to pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to find other ways around or say, okay, Hey, let me get a nurse. I'll pay for that. And then it, it kind of, it takes away a little bit of that stress because it, it's, it's not a good sight to see when you see someone constantly on emergency mode or like every time somebody calls, it's like, Hey, okay, let me throw the cape on and let me just go into superhero mode. It's like, you'll do that for a while, but after a few months, after a few years of doing that, you'll be like burnt, burnt out or you start getting um, illnesses and ailments where you're like, I don't know. Okay. This hurts. That hurts. And before you know it, it's like you're in worse shape than the people that you were trying to help. Yes. The stress of it all can lead to physical uh, situations, you know, physical decline. Mm. And I realized that it took being away to say they were all fine. And I talked to them and they were never griping, really. Mm-hmm. And I come home and I said to my husband, I feel like I got to atone. Seriously. For having taken, been able to work all my life, be able to get away. And I got to now pay a toll because I had a good time. (laughs) I'm like, this is crazy. It was the craziness of it that was jarring. And I'm like, it's you. It's something you've been doing. You know, I'm not even faulting them at some. I mean, 
initially I was, are you crazy to myself? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, here you are. You do everything for, if, if one of them say something, I'm on the internet looking it up. Uh, if my sister says, oh, passive aggressively, you know, I know you don't want to drive, but if we could go, if I wonder if there's a train to DC. Mm-hmm. Now I would have jumped on Google and figured out what it costs, where I would have to go because she's in Illinois. But I said, check it out. And I was like, oh, I don't believe I said that. <laughs> I said, check it out and let me know. Right. Oh, yeah, I will. We haven't talked about it no more. Right. Because she's not going to do it. So I don't want to go to D.C. So I, why am I looking it up? Now, mm. if she had to come up with a great plan and I wasn't working at the time. Mm. I might have went along with it. but. I scheduled the trips. I got bookings for Michigan and Illinois. I've got the uh, car. I found lodging whenever she would travel with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I cook. What's the vacation? <laughs> I'm just, they're on vacation, right. not me. And I said, when we went this time, I'm not cooking every day, sweetie. He said, that's fine. We ate out. We were at a, a arbor, uh, living on a harbor. Mm-hmm. So they had little restaurants and a fish market and things like that, little grocery store, you know. And we managed to eat out and supplement with a trip to Walmart's, and it was easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Whatever we cooked, we did it for a few days, or we ate what we had on hand, or we ate out. Mm-hmm. And it was truly a vacation for me probably for the first time since the early uh, aughts because someone typically comes along or comes through mm. and I'm thinking, I like this and this is how it's going to be in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. If someone comes down for a week, I'm not treating you to no holiday. You're mm. here, <laughs> but you, you can eat if I cook, but I'm right. not going to be putting all my energy on being a pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. It's funny. I've been um, at the time that I, I've spent home with my parents. I keep reiterating that to my mom that um, when you, when she can help it, or of the times that she doesn't have to cook, I just keep saying mm-hmm. like, "Hey, if you don't cook today, it's okay." But any time that she does cook, I'm always grateful, and I always say thank mm-hmm. you. And what? she kind of she kind of just laughs, and she's like. <laughs> Thanks for what I was like for cooking, like to do this every single day while working full time. That's not something that's easy to do. And right. like so many people depend on that where you get meal service, especially mm-hmm. if you're working one of those. Um, like when you're working like 50 to 70, 80 hours. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. You, you're doing you ain't cooking nothing. You ain't right. cleaning. Right. No, you're working so, and sleeping. Right. And that that's where it's like. I think I had to explain to her a few years back where it was like, yeah, I got somebody to help me. Um, they make food on the weekends. We collect it uh, from Saturday to Sunday. We collect the food. We eat it during the week. And she was just like, why would you do that? Can you not cook yourself? I was like, yeah, I could, I can cook, but it's like, it, it takes too much, too much time because you're spending mm-hmm. close to like 14 hours away at work. And then you're coming back. Maybe you work out for an hour and then you come, you try to connect with people 
yes. offline, try to decompress mm-hmm. a little bit. And then you want to get at least six to eight hours of sleep. It's like, there's not a lot of time. And whenever you, you're going to think, okay, I've got to go grocery shop and then oh, I've got to go God. do this. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like you're creating a whole nother job for yourself. So the more you can uh, cut down your chores, so to speak, so that you don't have to um, just keep piling on top of all the things that you can, that you're doing. So when you're at work or when you're at home, you can actually just focus on spending time on, on those things with those people and, and be there and not constantly just taken away or, Oh man, did I do that? Did I not do that? It's like you run through your mind four different times. If you turned Mm -hmm. off the stove or if you left the oven on. I mean, you're so right. We've been brought up to be mindful of our money, but nobody ever taught us to relish our time. Mm. And you're absolutely right. I'm working. I'm going to the gym. I cook at least four days a week. And I finally said, well, hell, I ain't got time to clean. Don't want to anyway, but I really need to. I'm looking for a housekeeper. And my sister said, you mean, I said, girl, look, I know a lady who loves to clean. If she just cleans the four bathrooms and the the front of the kitchen stove, refrigerator and the dishwasher, that is something that she's very meticulous. So she goes through the to the nth degree. I don't. Why would I care if it takes her two hours to do something? It might take me two days because I really don't want to do it. And I'm doing it in parts and pieces because I'm busy. I went to work. I'm going to still go to the gym three times. And then on Sundays, I go to yoga and one on Thursdays, Thursday evening. Well, between, like you said, having some meaningful time with Jesse, uh, get my work done and not be tired. I put myself back on a night schedule because before I wasn't. And with the, the, the moments that I have left a day, I don't want to be cleaning. I'm yep. a call. I'm calling her today because time is more precious than anything. The moments that we have to connect with our family and friends and do those things that we love and we have the resources or barter. Mm-hmm. You can barter for more. People think they got to pay for everything. They don't. Right. I bartered for babysitting for someone to do my daughter's hair when they were little. I would cook for a friend and she would uh, clean for me. We had things that we liked and didn't like. And we team up and we would bounce different stuff around. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I could probably find someone to clean for free if I was willing to do something with them, but I just want to pay this time through this mm. season and it looked good. And I don't have to be the one responsible for it. Right. I, I like what you said there also that it can just be in this season because sometimes it's like, if you make just a slight change, a lot of people are like, Oh no, like this is changing forever. And it's like, not necessarily, but if it, if it does for the better, so be it but it's like if if you get we got so used to doing things so regimented to where it's like this this has to be forever yes, like this routine yes. this and it's like like it can change sometimes it must change you know mm-hmm. for uh our beliefs when we were kids of what was right you know 
uh, funny story. My mom came over some years ago and the kitchen sink was full of dishes. And my mother had the face. She was so disappointed because she's a OCD cleaner. Okay. So I'm talking white glove. And she couldn't. I said, what's wrong with you? And she said, nothing. But I knew something was getting under her skin. And I finally said, no, really, you looking, you got that look on your face. What's the matter? And she says, real pitiful. I didn't raise y'all like that. I said, what are you talking about? I'm thinking I'm a pretty decent daughter, right? Human being. She said, how do you sleep? Because it was early when she came. How do you sleep with a kitchen uh, with a sink full of dishes. I said, I don't sleep in the sink. <laughs> she did not think it was funny. I said, listen, this is my house. Number one. Number two, you raised me right. But you didn't work. Mm. And you didn't work overtime like I had to do. And you didn't drive, so you wasn't carting kids all over town for sports or whatever. Some has to give. And I said, I promise you, when I cook, my space is clean. But don't you sit here and fret over no dishes in my sink because they may not be clean today. Because I can't, I'm, I can't do everything. She was so hurt because it was like, where did I fail? Right, right. You didn't. Right. It's just not part of my sensibilities. They're not the same as yours. Mm. And you got to get people to understand that. I'm not you and you're not me. Right. Nobody died. I eventually washed the dishes or put as many of them as I could in the dishwasher. And look, life went on. But you cannot let beliefs or things that you learned as a kid sometimes you got to let them go mm -hmm. I was late in letting them go but I tell you when I say the load has been lifted off of me and I'm not even mean or anything I'm just like I got to look at my calendar or I don't really feel like it because it's been a busy week mm -hmm. and my daughter asked and look this has been a hell of a week I can't babysit um or Sunday, she'll call me. I said, well, you know, I go to yoga at one and it's, I mean, at 12 and it's an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. If you can bring them over at three, that gives me enough time to get in the sauna because I'm at the gym. I'm going to enjoy it. Well, that's going to bump into some. Well, I can't then. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got. Now you can call your father. He here and see what he can do. But no, I'm going to yoga. I go to yoga on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And now she doesn't ask that anymore. Or she'll wait till after three. If you want my help, you got to move, be flexible. You don't, because you got tickets to a concert that you know you didn't find on the street 10 minutes ago. Stop. Mm -hmm. I don't do emergencies. And they, they, she's a lot of people are accepting it. Some are still struggling, but they they won't die either. Right. And they'll respect me. And when I do something for them, they'll appreciate me. They won't take me for granted the way they have. 
that I have allowed it. But my ego was involved because I was the Cape Crusader, I told him. And I really realized that, you know, man, you were like proud of your little self for always dun da da da. It's like, mm -mm, I'm done. I didn't, I, I don't want to do that no more. Yeah. You're speaking right to me because it's like just going through the same thing this year. And, and really, um, what's funny is like looking at, at the month of August, I'm sitting here in, up in the middle of it thinking it's like, man, what, like, what goals do I need to set for the, for the month? And it's like, hey, you don't need to set new goals, but you need to reinforce the things that you've worked to this point. It's like, are you caring for yourself? Are you setting the time aside? It's like this pressure, external pressure I'm feeling as if, okay, I, I need to be moving at this pace. I need to get this done. I need to move on to the next phase. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. But if I don't move with the right person, like right. within me, then the problems that were there before the start of the year, they're just going to hide under the rug but then creep their ugly head so it's like yeah. just hey take the time to check your bases like clean your area take care of what you need to take care of and then when someone comes up with a need or something like oh hey okay either i i can or let me let me like you said check the calendar see where mm -hmm. this can fit in and even just meeting like this i was like you know it's not bad just doing a couple of these in the month and um there's no pressure or need because like I'm, i stopped watching other people and being like oh i, I need oh, to yeah. do it's like no i don't need to do what they're doing it's like hey good job like i like what you're doing just keep it up like they're doing their That's thing right no I'm doing comparison. my thing yeah right. you're absolutely you have to because i think even with me you know i was really out there with my um platform but it was taking so much time and then everyone was saying well you got to do this and you got to do that mm -hmm. but i finally realized if what i'm doing is not getting the traction at all then i have to come with a different venue mm -hmm. so i had to step back at first it was like you've been this doing this for this much time it's okay i mm -hmm. still minister to people people still like stuff that's a year old you mm -hmm. know if they're new to me it's not if they're new to my little IG, then they're new to my content. Mm. And I'm like, at my age, you cannot be in a thousand different directions. You got to, number one, take care of your mental health, your physical and emotional health. Mm. And everything else comes from that, from that where you are in those right. areas. But if you're doing, you know, I was on a call this morning, I told you. And they asked the question, can you be relaxed and anxious at the same time? And everybody said no, but I said yes. Hmm. And I am. I'm actually relaxed, but yet I'm anxious because I'm worried about the next step. Because I need to be in the moment. That's what I realized. And that's sort of what slowed me down. I'm always projecting in not a healthy way necessarily. If it's stressful, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. what what's your next step what's your next topic what are you going to do next right. and it's like you survived the pandemic can't you just take a breath and not be on all the time yeah and it's like yes 
I'm so happy. I, and I know it sounds absurd, but all of that work, I could be crying that it didn't come off the way I wanted. It did because people are still finding out about me. Mm. And I ministered a lot of women here locally, something because I'm not traveling. I reach, I meet kids. I Girls, I could be at the beauty shop and somebody will say something crazy and I'll interject kindly with some real truth Mm -hmm. and then i'll sway them and they'll be so angry about this that and the other especially when it comes to the baby fathers Mm -hmm. and it's like girl you gotta stop because what is your kid gonna think about you when you're putting this man down in that way he's gonna wonder why was you with him so be careful you know You got what you got. God gave you a child. We're vessels and we receive everything. It's just the way we're built. So what are you going to do about it? Because you can't fit him back in there. He won't go back. Mm. Just take your mind off of what's wrong and just center on loving your kid. And they'll calm down and, you know, they'll fuss because they don't just cave. But Mm. when they leave, the other older one will say, oh, my God, I can't believe because she was off off the chain. And I said, you don't know how she was raised. Mm-hmm. You can't just judge her for what she is. You don't know what she's been through. So at least we judge. I said, these young girls ain't doing no more dirt than they were doing back in the 20s. We just <laughs> didn't have the internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so y'all need to stop. This ain't nothing right. new. Right. So I'm still doing my thing, you know, on a different platform, but it's holistic. Mm. And if I'm moved to say something, I say something. Yeah. But it's it's a more relaxed thing. So it's she's it stuck in my mind that she's absolutely right. You can't be stressed or anxious and relaxed. Mm. You're between two minds. You're not just you're between two minds. And if, if you want true relaxation, you got to calm your mind. Right. And you calm your emotions. And I guess I was already working on it without even understanding what it was. Mm. It, it's funny. And in that regard, I, I I was listening to a, a talk or podcast yesterday and they started talking about breathing. And I think this is probably the second or third person that I've heard talk about it in the sense that um the way they learn to work on their breathing, especially like the exhale of the breath mm-hmm. and really gaining control of, of their mentality when they're under this extreme pressure and extreme stress. It was kind of like through a trial and error, just being like, okay, I either went into the cold or they had an experience where someone rolled them up in a rug. And it's like, you have that panic that like almost encounter with, death or dying to where it's like mm-hmm. okay like and the way you demonstrated in like hyperventilating and just being like okay like <laughs> you're just breathing heavy and then you're like learning to calm yourself after you you've went through those emotions or that that physical like fear and and just oh geez i don't know if i'm gonna make it to where it's like yeah. okay calm calm, calm down and calm, think. calm yeah right and it's it's like now when I seen that back to back, I'm like, okay, I think that's where I, I want to 
focus my attention on during this time because it's like <laughs> it's one thing to see something like watch some someone or hear a talk from people and you're like oh man that that sounds good but then when you're caught up in a moment or when someone says something to offend that offends you and uh, <laughs> you're just like what <laughs> You right. just kind of snap back. You're not right. thinking like, let me breathe for a minute and just right. calm down and be like, okay, what's the best way to respond to this? Because exactly. next thing you know, your your name's around across <laughs> across the company or across town, and they're just like, did you hear what so and so said? It's yeah. like, well, it's like, well, maybe I meant it, but maybe I shouldn't have said it in that way. Right. Well, that's the difference between being reactive and responsive because mm -hmm. my family would bring out the, like a quick retort instead mm -hmm. of me calming down, you know, like reacting. I was reacting instead of responding mm -hmm. because I was in my feelings. And then when I learned to relax, then I could respond, not react. I was so calm with it. There was no argument, mm -hmm. but it's like you said, I had to learn by getting out of my feelings, then the need to be um, reverent, if you will, by my family, because I'm MacGyver to them. OK, yeah. and I'm always the resource that made me feel some kind of way, you know, good. Yeah. But then it's like, but the cost of it, you're drained, but you got to quit reacting to them and you got to start responding through them in in a state of mind that's calm. I'll explain to you and then you can say whatever you want. I'll go, okay, I hear you, but it's my time to shine is what I tell them. And you ain't calling me at no nine o'clock talking about you got to be somewhere at 12. First of all, you know, it ain't like that. Mm -hmm. Or now that I say, well, you know, I work. So my sisters, they still call me the third weekend. And I finally said, um, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the text. I cut the, I put the do not disturb on sometimes. I call you and I say, mm-hmm, I'm calling you back now. I'm off work. If, could I answer the call? Sure. But I don't want to get in the habit of them disrespecting my boundaries when I'm at work. When mm -hmm. I worked at Ford Motor, they didn't call me mm -hmm. because they knew better. So getting people to respect your boundaries and having your own sense of internal boundaries, they're just as important as the one you put up for people mm -hmm. that you have them for yourself. And it's, it's difficult to change, but it's just like your kids. As they get older, you don't do as much. When they get 16, I remember when Eric got 15 or 16, he got his first job and he was still looking for an allowance. I'm like, well, you work. What's that got to do with it? I'm like, daddy don't give me an allowance. I work and we contribute to the house together. Now, I'm not asking you like my mom did to us. But at the same time, brother, I'm not about to give you no whatever he was getting every 15th and 30th. I'm not. Hmm. I'm letting you step, you know, pulling away a little bit. But it seems that I never pulled away from my family's in a healthy way, like I even did with my own son. 
they didn't have the same resources I had. So I felt, you know, some kind of way if mm-hmm. I didn't help. Right. But now at our old age, it's like, don't leave me. It's like, no, I got to save myself. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. But I keep in this mind. I don't have to be the first responder. That's my motto with them. With anybody. I don't right. have to be the first responder. Let's see who else can help in the mm-hmm. family or what resources can I afford to pay for to help them right. indirectly. And that I wouldn't have never done, nor would I have. My mother wouldn't have accepted it because I told her, you won't be able to go then. Either you get in an Uber and that's going to be difficult. I'm here at home. My husband's not having a great day. I'm not able to come. And so next thing is I'm going to have delivery for food. I'm going to have to do something to Mm -hmm. help myself and help my mom. So forever growing, forever shifting boundaries. You know, you have Well, someone said boundaries should be a gate, not a wall. Mm. So that you can open the door and let people in and you can go out. You know, nothing like hardwired. And that's really life. You have to be able to shift. Say for this period of time, this is what is the best thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, next year, if I'm not working, it might be different. Or my health may decline where I just can't do it. So you can't ever say I'm going to do something for life. You got to be open enough to know that things do change. And how will I change with this? landscape that's forever changing Hmm. that's good is there is there anything you're looking forward to as the year's wrapping up it's crazy to think there's almost less than four months five months yeah no not yeah is it this the eighth month so four more i'm hoping one of my biggest things that i'm really hoping for with my youngest daughter her kids are um in the school district, she stays out here near me, mm-hmm. but we had the bus bring them to our community. And I've been really working with her to say, you need a plan because we're going to leave in January this year. We had a bit of a mess leaving in May because it was like, what do I do? Well, I don't know. I said, I'd be willing to pay for some help a little bit on daycare for the oldest one. And I suggested with the third, the three-year-old that you actually not put him in early child development yet. It's better if he could be on site where you work. It's exp- expensive, but he's there. So you'd only grab him when you get off and then you go get your daughter from Latchkey. She's got to 530. And so we've been kind of back and forth because she'll still do that last minute thing. And I'm learning to say no, but I see I've got to try to get her right there by school time so that when she knows mom is leaving it now. And this year, my goal is she not work from my house because when I leave, I just want to leave my house at low temperature. Everything is an off position and I don't have to worry until we come home. 
So that's my goal. And it's a personal goal, but it's a very important goal that she learned a little more independence and to learn to use her own resources when it comes to her kids. And that because I don't feel guilty anymore, but I, I don't want her angry, but I need her to understand I'm not the mom I was when you were 10. I'm way older, 20 some years older than I was uh, when she was 10. So no, I cannot be there for you. And I, I love it from a maternal way in my family, how much they care. But I realized I was doing too much for the wrong reason. And it was costing me the freedom that I deserve. So just us reaching a happy medium, that's a huge goal of mine. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I've got to ask you this question. It wouldn't be right to <laughs> let you go without asking. Um, who do you say you are? I am a survivor. I have triumphed over my past by using all the pain as fuel to create a new normal for myself and my family. That's awesome. I'm unstoppable. Well, thank you for the time. I've got to be respectful of that. And I really appreciate the words of wisdom and encouragement. Hope well, to see you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope to see you sometime in the near future, if not um, 2021, 2022, possibly. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to getting back out in the world. I'm not going to go to uh, Eric's event in September. I've been on the road so much this summer, but I'm so looking forward to his next one. Yeah. And so you're right. It's probably going to be 2022. I'll be ready and the world will be back on its feet. I believe yeah. by then. Yes. Me too. I believe that as well. So say, stay safe because we got a lot more living to do. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Take care. Okay. You too. Have a great blessing.